You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Filato, joined as always by Chris Flum, and we're going to break down the edge position for those New York football giants. And that is a position group that I feel like giant fans have been just complaining about for years. We need to make investments in the edge group. We need to add bodies to the edge group. And the Giants, they would try to, you know, draft the third round pick here, draft the third round pick there. And sometimes they didn't always hit. But Chris, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, my friend. The Giants added this guy with a fifth overall pick named Kayvon Thibodeau. Have you heard about this and are you excited about it? <laughs> I am very excited about it. If you told me this point last year, the Giants would even have a chance at landing Kayvon Thibodeau, I would have wondered what happened that they had the number one overall pick in the draft. Because that's where he was at this point last year. It was basically him and uh, Derek Stingley. It seemed almost unfathomable that the Giants could be bad enough to get Kayvon Thibodeau. And they were definitely bad last year. But Thibodeau really dropped. And I, it was one of those drops that really didn't make much sense when you went back to the tape and looked at it. Because, if, especially if you account for the kind of freak ankle injury he had, where he just got stepped on. That happens. That's not him being fragile or injury prone or anything like that. It happens. He was still really good last year. He was still the guy who should have been in the conversation for first player off the board. And he still looked like a top uh, prospect, a top recruit. So it it really is very exciting to have him and have him across from Aziz Ojolari. And another player who was in discussion last year at this time for the first overall pick was Evan Neal, who's also a New York Giant. So I got to say, it with those two wins right there, it doesn't make up for the decade of patheticness that we have just seen from the New York football Giants, but it is a step in the right direction. I'll say that much. In terms of Kayvon Thibodeau, you mentioned this before. People act as if he had this terrible season and he was taking plays off and being a bum out there. None of that was true. Like I said, I don't have access to all the film, right? But the film that I saw from 2021 about Kayvon Thibodeau, after he suffered an injury in week one, mind you, against Fresno State, Kayvon Thibodeau was fine. He was good. He was hustling across the field. He was making tackles in pursuit from the backside. He had 47 pressures. He had nine sacks. This wasn't somebody that jumped off the screen at you and said, yeah, I don't care about football. A lot of the negative energy that surrounded Kayvon Thibodeau came after the season because of some of the interviews that he did, specifically the one with Joel Klatt, where he kind of 
took shots at Alabama's education system and, and and was talking about things off the football field. And that got a bunch of questions of Bruin right around the time draft season started. So people started really putting that under a microscope. But you know what, Chris? He fell to the fifth pick, and I'm ecstatic about that. Yeah, a- absolutely. He is he is a player who has all of the tools. He is a good run defender that is absolutely not a weakness of his. He's got a great first step. He's got enough fluidity to flatten around the flatten around the edge to cut nice tight corners and he already comes with throw ready technique and he is a smart guy. He understands how to use his technique to his advantage. He absolutely does, and it's going to be fun covering this kid throughout his young career. And that's kind of the uh, the story of the New York Giants, right? This is a at the edge position. This is a young position group right here. We know what happened last season. The New York Giants drafted Aziz Ojolari because he fell in the draft to the second round. I thought the Giants could have got Aziz Ojolari in the first round, and I would have been okay with it. And he fell to the second round because of a supposed knee injury, which I'm guessing he has, and a lot of people believed it was chronic. The New York Giants took that risk, and Aziz Ojolari stepped onto the field. He recorded a sack in his first three games, and he finished the year with eight sacks and 42 pressures and was one of the better edge rushers as a rookie in 2021. Yeah, he was. This is going to be a dynamic duo on the field for the Giants. Yeah, I mentioned this in our defensive line podcast the Giants haven't had a potential pass rush like this since probably 2016 with JPP and Olivier Vernon and then Romeo Okwara coming more or less coming out of nowhere to be the third guy when JPP went down with, I believe it was a sports hernia he had. Yeah, the Giants have these two young, highly athletic pass rushers in Ojolari and Thibodeau. Yeah. Thibodeau's definitely the better run defender of the two. Um, run defense is an area where Ojolari can still stand to get better. But also, if you're going to be good at something, it better be getting the quarterback on the ground. And that's something Ojolari is pretty good at. You know? But the Giants also do have a bunch of guys who can step forward, who can surprise in what would be their second or third seasons. You know, there is only one player who has been in the NFL for more than three years right now, and that is Jihad Ward, at least among the Giants' edge rushers. You know, they have Ellerson Smith, who could be defensive end, could be outside linebacker. He was drafted in 2021, fourth round. They have Quincy Roche who was drafted in the sixth round insanely by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and even more insanely, uh, the Giants were able to get him off the waiver wire. Carter Coughlin, we've talked about him. Maybe he could wind up playing some edge in kind of almost a uh, poor man's Micah Parsons type role. He does have that background as an edge at Minnesota. He was drafted in 2020. And then O'Shane Zimenez, if he makes this roster... He is kind of the next most veteran guy behind Jihad Ward, and he was drafted in 2019. Yeah, a lot of youth here. I mean, when you're starting to think of guys like Oshane Zimenez as the veterans on the team, and you have a 28-year-old as the oldest player in the position group, you're at a point of youth 
But that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad, especially when you have someone with the potential of Kayvon Thibodeau. And what we saw from Aziz Ojolari, and I kind of want to stick with Aziz Ojolari for a second, because remember last year when the Giants drafted this kid out of Georgia, there was a lot of discussion about how he kind of had only one pass rush move, and that was his ability to win up the pass rushing arc using his quickness in those first three steps and he has solid bend. He's not the bendiest. He's not Gumby out there. But he uses that violent chop at the top of the pass rushing arc to kind of create separation. We saw him get sacks that way and pressures in 2021. He had one against the Carolina Panthers. I believe it was against Brady Christensen, so another rookie. It wasn't the best set by Christensen, but Ojolari made him pay, and he ends up sacking the quarterback. But there were also sacks that Ojolari had that deviated from that, and they weren't just cleanup sacks, which, to be fair, Ojolari did have cleanup sacks. But there was one play against the Falcons. I don't know if you remember this. And it was it was him against, I believe it was Caleb McGarry, and he got up into the outside shoulder like he was going to use the the club, the bend, and the technique that he made, I guess you could say, his – primary move in college but instead he worked through the inside shoulder adapted his pass rush plan mid-rep and then sacked Matt Ryan and that was on a third down I believe at the end of the second half so when you think about Aziz Ojolari's ability to adapt his pass rush plan and win with a variety of different moves something he didn't wasn't necessarily known for in college and then you see him do it and you say wow he could take that to the next level and if you could build on that now with Kayvon Thibodeau playing opposite of you What's the potential and the sky is the limit for this kind of player? Yeah, and that really is part of player development is taking the tools that that these players come into the NFL with and honing them and really teaching them how to use them. Yeah, you know, the it, I talk about this a lot with wide receivers where I say, you know, size isn't a skill set. You get a lot of uh a lot of football fans really asking why the why their team doesn't get the big wide receiver. They need the big wide receiver. They need the size out there. But yeah, size is a tool. And what matters is how well you use that tool. Aziz Ojolari has all the tools you could ask for. He's got long arms, you know, 34 and 3 eighths inches. He's got big hands, 10 and a half inches. He's got a 10-foot broad jump, a 4-3-4 short shuttle, a 4-6... 40 yard dash with a 1.6 10 yard split. You know, he has the tools to be a good pass rusher and maybe maybe not a guy who can take over a game, but that comes with skill. That comes with learning how to use those tools. And the trick for him and what the coaches need to do is find out the moves he is able to execute the best, the moves that fit his skill set the best, you know, maybe adding in a forklift move or adding a long arm move to his repertoire will help set off that primary signature move that we already know works and really getting him to first learn those moves and then hone them to the point where he can start to execute a pass rush plan and start setting blockers up and then breaking out those secondary moves to really exploit them. Yeah, that I think is where we're going to see the biggest improvement from Ojolari and what we should be excited about. In terms of improvement, the one thing I would say about Ojolari before we talk a little bit about another rookie that had an impact last season 
he needs to become a stronger player. Now, we talked about his his inability to be consistent against the run, but I think if he's able to just become an overall stronger football player, then he will be able to convert speed to power, maybe incorporate more of a bull rush, or as you said, a forklift type of move, more of these power type of rushing moves, because right now he's much more finesse than he is strength. Quincy Roche played 401 snaps for the New York Giants after Dave Gettleman scooped him off of the waivers for the Pittsburgh Steelers tried to get cute and sneak him on there. And the Giants were like, heck no. He had 14 pressures and two and a half sacks for the New York Giants last season. And I think his most impressive sack was the one that came against Derek Carr when Quincy Roche, man, he just beat Colton Miller up the pass rushing arc, did a great job dipping that inside shoulder, bent around the edge, and then sacked Derek Carr. This was on... And this also caused a fumble, actually. It was it was towards the end of the game, and it was the reason why the New York Giants defeated the Raiders in that game. So that was a huge moment for Quincy Roche. And he also had some pressures, had a sack against Miami. So he he was he was doing his part as a situational pass rusher. He's a 24-year-old, six foot three, 245-pound rusher. And the Giants can use him as that third option behind Kayvon Thibodeau behind Aziz Ojolari. What are your expectations of Roche in this defense under Wink Martindale? Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, I I think he is going to be that third edge rusher behind Thibodeau and Ojolari. I really loved Roche coming out of Miami. Now, I know a lot of people really concentrated on those other two edge rushers Miami had, but Roche was a guy who kind of caught my eye early on last year. Not because, or not specifically because he had just otherworldly ability, but because he's able to do so many different things well. He's able to defend the run. He is able to get pressure with speed as a pass rusher. He's got good technique. He also has the ability to drop into coverage and look relatively comfortable out there. And I think all of that together makes him a good fit. All of that versatility makes him a good fit for Martindale's offense because Martindale loves versatility from his defenders. Roche is a guy, he you can put him on the field at any down and distance. He can get pressure as a pass rusher. He can drop into coverage to help disguise schemed pressures. Or he can be a competent run defender in that kind of intermediate distance where you know, some teams will still try to catch the defense off guard with a run. 
So I, I think Roche is going to be a pretty big part of this defense. And I think he can play Sam, which I believe is pretty important in Wink Martindale's scheme. You, Tyus Bowser played that position pretty damn well. I think Quincy Roche can play that position when Kayvon Thibodeau is not on the field or Kayvon Thibodeau needs to be spelled. So I think that's also important for this scheme and for Quincy Roche earning some snaps. Now, Chris, behind those first three players, we have Jihad Ward, who is going to be the veteran of this group, one of the vocal leaders he supposedly, I haven't talked with him, but according to a lot of people on the beat, has a similar personality to Kayvon Thibodeau, which I do believe is important as well. It's going to be a really fun edge room. Jihad Ward is somebody who is somewhat of a journeyman. He was a second-round pick by the Raiders back in 2016, ended up in Indianapolis for a year and a half, and then Baltimore for a year and a half before playing a 2021 season with Jacksonville. This is a six foot five, 290-pound edge rusher who actually – will drop into coverage to the boundary, do it, I would say, adequately. And he has pretty good movement skills for somebody that is that size. But he's not necessarily a dominant pass rusher, but I think he is an excellent fourth type of option for this Giants team. And that is probably a pretty good role for him, having him be the the veteran in the meeting room, a guy who can teach all of these young guys how to – really be professionals, how to break down film, how to scout opposing opposing offensive tackles. And like I said with Ojolari, play with a game plan and attack with a plan. Yeah. Like you say, he's probably not going to be a dominant edge rusher, but that's what the Giants have the first three guys for. Yeah. What they need Ward to be is just a good dependable uh, kind of glue guy someone who can help hold the room together and really kind of mentor all of these young athletic pass rushers the Giants have and Ellison Smith is on this roster too speaking of young athletic pass rushers we talked about him on the last podcast a little bit because I do believe he will be kicked inside but I still think you're going to see him on the edge every now and again and I think he still has that elite athletic ability that we didn't really get to see showcased last season because he was injured for much of the season and when he did play he wasn't out there too much you know making a huge impact but if there's somebody that I'm like sneakily excited for that I think can possibly come out of nowhere because he hasn't necessarily played a lot of football I think Ellerson Smith has the chance to do so because of that initial quickness and just overall athletic traits and explosiveness that he does possess. And like I said a little bit ago, man, this is somebody who hasn't played a season of football, a full season of football since 2019. So it's been a little while for Ellerson Smith. Yeah. And really that is what worries me about him. I'm like you, I'm very excited for his potential, what he could do out there with a full off season, a full training camp, and then over the course of a full season, I was really hoping that, especially once the Giants season was basically over last year, that Leonard Williams would start to get a few snaps off and we would get to see a lot more Ellerson Smith. But the Giants never did that. They just kept running Leonard Williams out there, even when he had that triceps injury. And Ellerson Smith just kind of rode the pine. And unfortunately, that leaves... Yeah, you know, him without very much experience. Like you said, it's been it'll have been almost three years since he has really played a lot of football. 
And that in and of itself is concerning. Yeah, I almost can't help but to flash back to Marvin Austin. Yeah, a guy who a lot of Giants fans remember him as a bust. But I keep thinking back to that those first few weeks of training camp and that first preseason game with Austin. And he was just dominant. The only offensive lineman the Giants had who could block him was Chris Snee. And that was Chris Snee in his prime. Everybody else was just getting ragdolled. And when the Giants had their first preseason game, again, he was just a bunker buster of a defensive tackle. But he had been suspended the year before at North Carolina. And then he went down and tore his peck in that preseason. So he had to have a, a second season off. And then he started having other injuries, uh, back, groin, you know, all these things together. And that really just kind of made a bust out of him. But he had all of the, every single tool you could ask for. You know, he looked like he could have been a mix of Gerald McCoy and Dominican Sue out there. And yeah, I'm afraid that that's what could happen with Ellerson Smith if he doesn't get off to a quick enough start to get on the field and really make up for lost time. That's what it's all going to come down for. And that's one reason why I am really excited about this player is because if he can really put it all together, I think you have a unique player that won't have to be the number one or the number two or the number three, but he can be a situational pass rusher. And we know Wink Martindale loves to use all of his defensive personnel. I think Carter Coughlin kind of falls into this too. Yes, he's technically a linebacker. We'll go over him next week on the linebacker podcast, but you can malign him at edge. And he has, you know, a unique quickness, a unique first step. Might not be the most dynamic athlete beyond that, but he was a pretty damn good pass rusher at the University of Minnesota. So I think he can also factor into this edge room and be used creatively by Wink Martindale. Yeah, he does. And I think he should be a part of the conversation. Again, versatility is incredibly important with this defense. And Carter Coughlin does have the background of being an edge. And we have seen undersized, quote unquote, undersized players succeeding as pass rushers. You know, we've seen over the last couple of years what Hassan Reddick has been able to do for the Arizona Cardinals once their hands were finally forced and they had no choice but to play him as an edge rusher and not an off-ball linebacker. You know, last year, we saw what Micah Parsons was able to do as a part-time edge rusher. Again, he's a former defensive end who transitioned to off-ball linebacker. Yeah, Carter Coughlin, he's, he has had at least the same type of trajectory. And he is a lot better athlete than I think a lot of people give him credit for. Yeah, he has a 9.81 RAS score. He had a 4.5740, a 36-inch vertical, a 1.6110 yard split. So he's definitely got that burst, the that lower body explosiveness. And when you can have that kind of speed to beat offensive linemen to the spot, and you have the movement skills to exploit stunts and twists and schemed rushes. You don't need to be big to win. Now, that's something that we've seen Carter Coughlin have success with, even in his short time with the New York Giants, in terms of his initial quickness, burst, and explosiveness. I would like to see a more power element to his game as well. But, I mean, if he could prove to be a two-way linebacker and edge, then his roster spot could be 
much more secure here. But as of right now, it's definitely still a little bit up in the air, as are the next three guys I'm about to discuss. And I think there might only be one roster spot between these three players. One, Tom and Fox, the undrafted rookie free agent out of North Carolina. Two, Nico Lalo, somebody who made a couple impact plays for the Giants back in 2020, didn't do anything last year, and I don't expect him to make this team. And three, O'Shane Zimenez, who I think his roster spot is in jeopardy, and if Tom and Fox can prove himself and kind of live up to the production that he had in college where he amassed 151 pressures, 36 sacks through six seasons because he opted into an extra season because of COVID. Then I think Ojane Zimenez might be out the door and we could see Tom and Fox as a New York Giant. What do you think about those camp battles? Yeah, I do think you probably even put Cam Brown in there as well because he was used as an edge rusher at least a little bit last year. Those three, four guys are probably fighting for at most one roster spot. I would be stunned if Tamon Fox isn't on the Giants practice squad when all is said and done. Even if he loses out on the numbers game, I believe there's probably a practice squad spot waiting for him. I think it really does come down to just how many edge rushers the Giants want to keep on their roster. We've got four with Ojolari, Thibodeau, Jihad Ward, Quincy Roche, and then yeah, where does Ellerson Smith factor in? Where does Carter Coughlin potentially factor in? Yeah, that they could be competing for a fifth spot. Do the Giants keep six edge rushers on their roster? Do they? Would they keep seven? Yeah, how does that affect the numbers game at other positions? Because you know they they've got quite a few off-ball linebackers on the roster, and they've got a lot of defensive backs on the roster that they need to figure out. I think the fact that Ellerson Smith and Jihad Ward can play defensive line, Carter Coughlin and Cam Brown can play a linebacker, makes this conversation pretty interesting and a little bit more complex because I don't know what this defense or how this defense views those players in terms of their ability to successfully play multiple positions. And in terms of Cam Brown, I didn't bring Cam Brown up because, yes, Cam Brown, he's an edge, he's a linebacker, but I think his the, the reason why he's on an NFL roster is his impact on special teams, which I still think is valuable. And I think that could be the reason why Cam Brown makes this roster, but he was more of a Joe Judge special teams guy. I've seen the film on special teams and I love what I've saw from Cam Brown. So I still think he can be a uh, special teams guy here, even though Thomas McGahee is still in the building. And that's kind of why I isolated Tom and Fox and O'Shane because O'Shane, bro. I mean, this is somebody who had a pretty solid rookie season, right? 25 pressures. I think he had like five and a half sacks, but he hasn't done anything in the last two years. He's been dinged up and he's always been terrible against the run. And this is somebody on his last year of his contract. I just, I think it's an uphill battle for him to crack this roster. Yeah, I don't think it's unfair to say the Giants third round curse kind of lives on. Uh, Yeah, no. Yeah, like you said, he is on his really last chance to make this roster yeah i'm pulling for him i hope he does you know that's a good story coming from old dominion up to the nfl but yeah i think the odds are kind of stacked against him uh he might be on a roster this year you know he might 
get cut by the Giants, but picked up by another team. You know, that kind of remains to be seen, but he does not have an easy path to the Giants final roster. Now, nah, the Giants added a lot of interesting UDFAs who I think they might not try to get too cute and slip onto the practice squad if you can ex- dispose of a player who only has one year left on his contract and isn't going to do much for your team in the immediate, then I probably think they'd go in that direction. But hey, all this is going to bear out in training camp. And that's why, again, we're very excited for this training camp. And I said this on previous podcasts, Chris, I feel like this training camp, and maybe it's just because of a new regime, but even, I mean, the Giants have turned over several regimes in the last several seasons. I, I do believe this training camp is more interesting than the ones that I've covered in the past because there is still a lot to play out, a lot of positions up in the air, and a lot of interesting battles to the starting spots on this Giants roster. Yeah, I I think that's really true. There is going to be a lot of camp battles. There's going to be camp battles at just about every position. Maybe not among the starters. We might not see too many guys we project to be starters losing their jobs. But I do think we are going to see a ton of battles and a lot of competition down the depth chart with the second string guys, the the uh, the rotational players. Those are going to be some fierce battles. And I don't really have a great read on how a lot of them are going to going to turn out, partly because we don't really know what this coaching staff has in mind for this team from a, a scheme and philosophy angle. Absolutely. Chris, do you have anything else on this edge class? I'm excited to watch them get to work. Uh, not at, not right now. Probably have more once we can actually get a look at them. I'm just excited to see the giants finally feel the pass rush again. Cause you know, that is what giants defense is all about. Yes, going back prior to, way prior to Ernie Accorsi, but we know the Ernie Accorsi line of you can never have too many pass rushers, and doesn't that just ring true? Alrighty, everybody, thank you for joining the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please subscribe, like, and download these podcasts. The downloads are really, really imperative. They're very important. Please just download the podcast that a huge favor to us, and then head on over to the website, bigblueview.com, for all your up-to-date New York Giants content. Take care of each other. Be well. Have a lovely day. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on Home the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit MethodProducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.